Hello there, welcome back to Chat Shit, Get Fit, the fitness news where we unpack the week's biggest news in health and fitness. I'm Bill, and as always, I'm joined by Tom. Hello. This time, we are in the Brewdog Studio, finally. Guys, we're here. We've been talking about it for weeks, if you're a long-time listener, and we are finally in the booth, and I'm, look, I'm gazing right now into Tom's eyes. I was going to say, this is really weird, because usually I look at a laptop, and instead I'm looking romantically at you, and it's very confusing. Oh, yeah. Oh, and you're setting the mood well. We've got music, guys. We're, we're, we've taken it to another level. Oh, yeah. Oh, set them up. We'll probably get done for copyright. Copyright, but, uh, yeah. We'll go, yeah, we'll turn off, actually. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> right. The quicker we turn it off, they, they, they sue us less. Guys, I've got sound effects as well. Bear with me. We haven't tried these yet. I've got buttons here. Hold on. What the fuck was that? I think that was actually someone that's upstairs just uh, making noise. I'm not, I'm not hearing any that sad trombone. I'm not hearing okay, anything. Pr- press the button. Press it again. Anyway, guys, this week, we're back with this news, of course. Might sound a little bit different because obviously we are in the BrewDog studio. We're going to be taking a closer look at Prime Hydration Drink by KSI and Logan Paul. Mm-hmm. Does fake meat work? Maximising strength at home or in a rehab situation. And we've got some bonus news. We've got time. Um, luxury gym sparks debate with campaign to ban new members starting New Year's Day. <laughs> so let's get into this week's fitness news. Before we begin that though, one thing I've got to say, one criticism I do have with this studio is that unlike recording from home, they don't have a piss bottle. Excuse me? So, well, you know like when you have your piss bottle, like when you need to have a piss halfway through the recording, you don't go to the toilet, you go for the, you go, don't you have a piss bottle? Right, is there a cute intro button on there? Maybe they do have a piss bottle. Maybe that's what this fluffy thing is here that I've been jamming my fingers in and out of. Get this music back on. (laughs) God. Gerald, whenever I go to run my gob off, you could just turn it up yeah, tactically. Turn it See, I've, I've got all the buttons here, guys, but none of them, none of them seem to do anything. Which one launches the nukes? I'm not really sure, but Which anyway. one puts us through to North Korea? Guys, we'll move on to the first piece of news. So we're looking at Prime Hydration Drink by KSI and Logan Paul. Now, this drink's pretty mad, and it's incredibly difficult to get hold of. Tom, have you seen this online? I have seen it, and in fact, my missus has actually um, had a bottle. It was given to her um, by someone at work, um, and yeah, like the feedback from her was just that it was just a fruity drink. Fruity drink, yeah. But the thing is, it's actually incredibly hard to get hold of unless you're willing to pay outrageous amounts of money um, it's supposed to be £2 a bottle which is actually quite mm-hmm. expensive for a hydration drink which we'll come on to um, why it's so much but it's even more than that in some places such as Wakey Wines if you're a, um, a t- someone who's on TikTok you might have seen this uh, this man uh, flogging Prime for extortion I think it's like £20 a bottle he was charging wasn't oh, it oh Jesus yeah. you watched a clip earlier weren't you Yes, I was. What does he say? He goes. Oh, that was the video I was watching. Yeah. yeah. What's the best shop in Waking? They go. I know. They said Tesco instead. Yeah, they said Tesco. Yeah. And he got upset. Didn't he storms yeah. off. He's actually been banned off TikTok now. Good wanker yeah. wines. Right. Anyway, um, wanky wines. <laughs> wanky <laughs> wines. But um, yeah, so normally you get it off the website or you get it from Wakey Wines, but it was recently launched in Audi, which we were both laughing at the videos of that. People going absolutely rogue. It was like Black Friday, wasn't it? People just trampling all over each other. This is just capitalism gone fucking rampant. To be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. Yeah. They pretty much sold out instantly. I think they had okay. They were doing like a one bottle per customer. It goes to show you, like, if you create enough hype around something, you put a face to a brand. Hang on, the fucking air console's kicked that? off. Jesus Christ, that sounds like a jet <laughs> engine. It's <laughs> very guys. We're getting attacked by the aircon in the studio. How do I turn this down? Did you fucking... press the Arctic setting? <laughs> oh, fuck it. Are you smashing the gaff up? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> turn this down. It's up to 32 degrees. The one that says off. This would be a great time just staring into the camera. Oh, fuck. 
You turned the light off. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. This is is going well. Oh, God. Can you even hear that? It's gone louder. That's not a plane crashing, is it? That sounds horrendous. It's not that loud, is it? That's not that loud, is it? Joe, we are in Waterloo. There was construction works outside. Maybe Guys, there's a jackhammer above us. It's absolute chaos. I do apologise. But we, we did, you know, we did warn you. <laughs> this is a new thing. Is a, can I get this button working? I want to get laughter in there. Anyway, um, so as we were saying, it went into Aldi. It sold up pretty quickly because it was like such a demand. Obviously, all the kids and stuff wanted it. Um, now, this is supposed to be a hydration product, which is why we're talking about it. However, my, my conclusion on it is mm-hmm. that it relies on the star power of KSI yeah. and Logan Paul who are two big YouTubers if you weren't aware you probably do know who they are KSI is also a boxer beat the now. shit out of each other yeah, yeah they had a fight as well so but what I'll do to really highlight why I think this is literally just about them and it's not the drinks are irrelevant really and um, what's in it is because if you look at their about prime section normally this would be like about the product telling you why you need it this is what they put I'll, I'll quote it out right so here it is we created Prime to showcase what happens when rivals come together as brothers and business partners to fill the void where great taste meets function. We'll talk about the function in a second. We dropped our first product, Prime Hydration, in 2022, and since then we've continued to work countless hours to expand the retailers, reach new markets, and formulate new products we know you'll love. We've been humbled by the process of creating a real brand surpassing some of the biggest beverage companies in the world. As underdogs, we always cherish the opportunity to show the world what's possible. Now we're both fighting for the same team. We truly believe the sky is the limit. So if you know anything about copywriting, marketing, etc., the use of we and I, opposed to you, is actually um, not very recommended when it comes to marketing a product. When you want to try and sell something, like if you're trying to sell a personal training product, you always put it on the potential client, emotional. So you'd be like, you know, do you want to be in the best shape of your life? You know, Do you want to see a change in the mirror yeah. in three months? The fact they keep going we, we, we basically just highlights even further that it's just all about them. Yeah. It's pretty irrelevant, the product itself. I mean, we'll go into what's in this drink in a second, but from what I can see, it doesn't actually matter what was in it. They could have sold a bottle of water with like a bit of blue, yeah. blue um, like food colouring in it and sold it and they still would have sold loads. It's just, it's, it's marketing. Yeah. Marketing and branding. I remember the rage when, you know, back in the 90s, David Beckham shoes, I can't remember what they fucking were, but if you put any other face to it, they wouldn't have done nearly as well. Yeah. But you just put a face to something and yeah, marketing and capitalism hand yeah. in hand. I feel bad for the parents have to spunk out all this money. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Drink. I feel sorry for the fucking supermarket workers that have to deal with this shit as kids are fighting each other over the conveyor belts for it. Yeah. Um, if we actually look what's in this drink then to sort of give you some actual like is, is it actually even worth the money itself? If we forget that it was even made by like Logan Paul and KSI because it might be a good product. What's actually in this drink? The majority of it is filtered water. It's a hydration drink, so you'd expect that. And then it's got 10% of it is coconut water, which is about 50 mil, which is not really a lot, if I'm being honest. Um, and in my opinion, the addition of coconut water, I think is a bit buzzwordy and a bit uh, trendy almost because people associate coconut water now with energy. Yeah. And the fact they've put it on there on the label, oh, it's got coconut water and people might think, oh, it's going to give me a boost of energy in you know, my productive day. But there's only 50 mil in it. Yeah. So I don't think it's really... I mean, even if it was, if the full bottle was made of coconut water, is it, you know, inherently going to do anything magical for you in the first place? Probably not, no. I don't think so. It's that appeal to nature, isn't it? Yeah. So they put that in as a buzzword. They've got more as well. So it's only 20 to 25 calories, which is, you know, it's all right. It's a hydration drink. It's only yeah. a little bit in there. It says it contains electrolytes. You expect that as well, because as we spoke about before, if you're hydrating a lot, you want to make sure your electrolyte balance is in there. And they've also put another buzzword, antioxidants, which is basically just the stuff you get from fruit and veg. So all in all, it's just a... Gucci, I can't even call it like an energy drink. It's just no. like a, 
It's just a drink. I won't finish yet, Tom. They've also got BCAAs in there. Oh, oh now we're talking. Yeah. Oh, God, here go, we guess go. How much, go on, guess how much they've got in there, though. I know it's in the show notes, but I'm not going to look at no, it. Don't look, don't, don't I'm not going to look at it. Go on, how much do you reckon they've got in there? I'm going to say... Oh, Joe, I'm, I'm going to say 150, 200 gram, milligrams. Two, yeah, 250 milligrams. Which is not a lot at all, actually. If you actually look at, like, if we compared it to Noco, which is not what you talked about before, that's got 3,000 in. Yeah. Because if we spoke about four, leucine, you want about, about two, 2.5 grams, is it, to initiate yeah. muscle protein synthesis? So the fact they put it on their products and they say, oh, we've also got BCAAs to help, you know, improve, you know, gym performance, My whatever God. strength. It's, it's just, there's nothing in there. I mean, it's very clear just by looking at it that it's not actually marketed towards like a. It's it's not marketed to a particular group, but just apart from those that tend to be susceptible to, you know, going for big brands. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's that's all it is in my opinion. It's just a, they've used their star power to sell a product, and I mean, giving into this for giving into the hype for the sake of hype. Yeah, and you mentioned about the energy drink because I've actually just released the week, like as we were uh, researching <coughs> this episode, they actually released an energy drink as well. Yeah, um, and that is. Apparently, it's got 50 milligrams more than Red Bull. That was their big claim to fame. And caffeinated as well. Yeah, caffeinated, yeah. Uh, I think it's, from what I remember seeing, I think it was like 200. Yeah, 200 milligrams, I think 200 it was, milligrams, yeah. Which, to be honest with you, for an energy drink is quite, you know, is, is quite good. But therein lies a problem because, even though I was saying, like, I don't think these drinks are marketed towards a particular crowd, that doesn't mean that there's a lot of underage kids that are going to be going for these energy drinks. And I don't, even though we could say, okay, look, they get like age checks at the tills, et cetera, don't matter. I, you don't, know? I, I agree, yeah. I think it's actually a bit negligent to be marketing uh, drinks like this to a particular crowd where you know that youngsters are going to be going for and these they, energy drinks. They know as well because their mar- their audience is like under 18s. Predominantly, KSI and Logan Paul's audience is under 18. Yeah. If you look at the people charging into Aldi, into Wakey Wines to get their prime drinks, all kids. That's what I saw, yeah. And all they're going to do is take their parents to buy the energy drinks. It's like when you've got a game that's 18 GTA. Yeah. People used to get their mums to buy all the time. No one used to wait till they're 18 to play yeah, GTA. exactly. Same with energy drinks. They're going to be smashing them because it's trendy, it's on brand, and it makes you look popular. It's like when people buy fashionable clothes. Whatever. Yeah. It's to look trendy, and so people think, oh, Give it in for impressive. the sake of hype. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, yeah. Um, as a drinker, if we forget, I understand why people buy it, I understand why it's popular, but if we forget all that, the actual product itself, in terms of a health and fitness point of view, I think it's a bit naff. Yeah. How much it costs. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's worth the It's time. just overpriced, underdosed shit. Yeah, basically, yeah. I don't think it's inherently bad for you. Uh, obviously, I'm talking about the current drink, not the caffeinated version. But um, yeah, currently it's just like it's just a hype brand. Yeah, I'd always have tap water, <laughs> Peckham Springs. <laughs> Don't play with any more buttons. I saw Wait, you look at the buttons it's then. On, it's on 32 fucking degrees. Why is it on 32 degrees? You're going to activate the laser traps or God knows what else. If we do an episode on saunas, it'd be all right, but we're not doing an episode on saunas. Could do. We could open the curtains. I'm afraid the public will see me. I think I've overheated it. That's why it's gone. Up. Yeah. And we did say 30 degrees, Bill, you fucking lunatic. What? A moment ago, it was 30 degrees. 32. No, I turned it down to 21, but it's kicked Jesus off. Christ. Apologies, guys. We'll move on to the next piece of news before we get kicked out of the studio for causing absolute <laughs> havoc. Right. Next piece of news, guys, is if 
we look at does fake meat work? Now, when we talk about fake meat, we're talking about your plant-based options. So your plant-based chickens, your, you know, your whatever, tikka strips, you can, get all sorts, you can get fish now, like fish finger, vegan fish fingers. Um, and we thought, as it's Veganuary, it's a fitting topic. And we've got a new paper on this as well. So obviously, getting a bit of science in there as well. So as I said, fake meat refers to your whether you think of like a traditional meat, so if you if you were to have sausage and chips for dinner, you would then go and buy vegan sausage and chips. So that's that's what we refer to as fake meat. Most mm. people, most people would prefer to call them meat replacements as opposed to fake meat because if you call something fake meat, yeah. it's a negative uh, connotation. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Um, so what we've actually got we've got a paper here um, from Robert et al. and it investigates the impact of three different diets on recreational athletic performance, and it's a randomised crossover trial. Um, they looked at a whole whole food plant based diet so that will be more of like your legumes your nuts seeds that sort of stuff so avoiding the fake meats as they call it they then looked at a plant based with meat substitutes so it was just using your, you know your, your fake chicken and um, fish whatever and then we've got an omnivore diet which is what most people are on which is you know just eating whatever a mixture of fruit vegetables meat fish whatever mm. um, and what we do is we'll quickly unpack the key points of this paper and then I can give you an anecdotal view as well um, as someone who eats this stuff I think, Tom, you've had a bit of it as well, and you've explored the corn, the corn yeah, section of the supermarket. I have corn. I went through a phase of one of my favourite pizzas actually being um, a, a, a meat-free one from Domino's. Wow. Yeah. How exciting. Anyway. Um, Generally was. So, key points then. We've got, so it's a four-week study, and it only involved 24 participants, so it's not loads, but we'll talk about why that's not a huge issue, because they did a lot of crossing over, which made it, it would take a long time to do it otherwise. That is definitely fucking roadworks. That isn't aircon. I reckon that's like trains just kicking up. Thing is, I don't think you can hear it on it. Do you know what, Bill? In hindsight, we are directly underneath a train track. <laughs> <laughs> we, we are Waterloo in Waterloo Station, Station yeah. <laughs> Thing is, I don't think you can hear it on air, can you? I hope not. <laughs> I don't know, anyway. Um, right, so it's a four-week study involving 24 participants. That's not a huge issue, which I'll come on to in a bit. It's 11 recreational runners and 11 lifters, split evenly, male and female. But note, though, only 22 of those participants finished and the people who dropped out were two women. Mm. So this is a crossover trial. So what that means is that you've got each participant completed all three diets in a randomised order. Obviously didn't know what they were doing uh, in what order, basically. Um, and of course, the, the diets naturally led to significant differences in nutrition because obviously one's yeah. predominantly on legumes and stuff, so more carbs, one's on the plant-based one, which is a little bit different. And omnivore is obviously more traditional uh, macro split. Micronutrients, etc. Yeah, of course. Um but the important thing to note, though, is that the effects on the performance and their body composition was negligible. So basically, yeah. there was no real difference, which is uh, quite important. Um, and one of the reasons they gave for not a difference in performance was because th there was adequate carbohydrates consumed across all the diets. Because, as you know, most people, when it comes to eating a plant-based diet, think people get off about protein, isn't it? That's why, yeah. that's why fake meat comes in to replace protein. But carbs is never really an issue because most carbs are vegan anyway. Yeah. Like your, your pastas, your rice, potato, bread, whatever. So the fact they were getting adequate carbs still meant they were probably doing enough to support the uh, given activity they were doing. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing I saw, Tom, though, was that in terms of diet satisfaction, <laughs> the meat substitute came out worse. <laughs> Do you know what, though, when you look at that paper, uh, when they was looking at what classifies as satisfied, because straight away you think, oh, taste, yeah. right? Are you actually satisfied with eating this due to taste? But one of the things they included in that was availability. Yeah, sure. And okay. to be honest with you, like, um, we've we got to be honest, like, compared to, like, traditional food sources, like uh, meat-free or fake meat, I don't like that term either, to be honest with you, but fake meat... Um, is not something that is as available as other food sources. So if you're judging satisfaction off of that, 
it's like, yeah, actually, I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied because you're going to Asda and it's like one freezer of meat-free products or fake meat products. There's plenty of veggies, but when it comes to actual fake meat or, or meat alternatives, there's not as much selection. Yeah, I get that. I get that. You're definitely right, especially if you go... It depends what supermarket you go to as well because some of them will be better than others. Like near me, there's Morrison's, which is pretty big, but it hasn't yeah. got that many. But you go to a big Tesco... And there's probably loads. But I haven't, yeah. got, I haven't got a car, so I can't drive to that big Tesco. So I can only walk to the Morrisons, which limits my ability to get more substitutes. Yeah. If you're like in an urban area where like um, you can't get massive spawning supermarkets, therefore you tend to go to Tesco Express, etc., where just the, you know, the food choices there are going to be s- small anyway. Now, when it comes to something very niche, like a meat-free diet, um, yeah, it'll be even harder, I'm yeah. assuming. Yeah, for sure. Um one of the reasons as well that I thought that, I mean, the point you made about the meat substitute is interesting, but one of the things I sort of looked at was the language associated with fake meat is that it's processed crap. Um, and that will automatically, I think, give people less satisfaction because if, what, if, they're eating, yeah. if they think they're eating something that's processed crap, they're more likely to have that placebo or no spur, you could say, yeah. of, well, this is going to be horrible for me. It's not good for me, so I don't really want it. Yeah. But we know it's not really the case. Um, and if we actually look, so if we go into this process thing, because this is the one big thing that everyone talks to me about when it comes to fake meat, um, and you have to remember that most stuff out there is processed. We spoke about most food is processed to a degree to yeah. get it to a point where you can have it off the shelves. And the reason that people kick off about you know this what the vegan meat stuff is because I look at the pack, back of the ingredients. If they compare a vegan chicken to a normal chicken breast, of yeah. course the ingredients are different because a chicken breast is just a chicken breast, whereas a vegan one has been made. You can have a jar of the most natural organic honey, but as soon as it's been placed into a jar, it is a form of processing. What matters is is how far has it been processed. So we know like ultra ultra processed foods, okay, tend to be you know much less nutritious for us, and in the long run, depending on the dosage, can be quite unhealthy. Not in isolation, like having one Mars bar is not going to kill you, but we know that if your diet consists primarily of ultra-processed foods, then okay, it's probably not going to be good for you. But, you know, as I said, like you can have you can have 5% beef mince, right? And it could be from grass-fed cows, you know, fucking whatever you consider natural. But as soon as it is packaged, it has been processed. So there's different sure. levels of process. Um, so having like, oh, fake meat that has been processed, it, it's not an inherently bad thing. And you know as well, a lot of people don't know this. Everyone kicks about protein, right, in plant stuff. What they don't know is that the processing um, procedure, whatever you want to call it, for fake meat is actually more of an enhancement than a detriment. And the main reason for that is protein digestibility. Yeah. If they didn't process it in the way they do, the protein wouldn't be digested as well because you've got to remember it's obviously a plant protein is a little bit different than normal meat-based, yeah. like animal-based protein. So without this processing, we wouldn't get that... Um, higher protein digestibility so then we'd get more issues with protein um, deficiencies yeah. in vegan diets so it's actually not an issue if you're going to say it's just if you're going to say that look oh you're eating you're, you're vegan you're, you're eating loads of processed meat and it's pumped with loads of chemicals what you need to say actually is you need to tell me you need to identify what chemicals you're referring yeah. to in the first place and which ones what, are you a fear of yeah which ones are you actually scared of because if you're just saying oh it's pumped full of chemicals great H2O Great, great chemicals, All right? Great. So what? That's no. There's no. Everyone knows that's that's fine. Yeah. So you have to identify what chemicals you're talking about and then which ones you're scared of. Because otherwise, I'm just going to say to you, you're appealing to nature. You just want exactly. To be, you want it to be grass and green. you break down a banana. Oh god, yeah. You know, to its chemical components, and um, it would scare the, the layman. But it's once again chemicals and processing is not an inherently bad thing. All I would say is the major downside, or if you kind of allude to these meat substitutes, is that availability and cost and personal preference. Yeah. Because some people, 
For example, some people go vegan, vegetarian because they don't like the taste of meat. <laughs> so obviously these meat substitutes won't be ideal, which obviously makes it a bit more difficult for protein stuff, but that's obviously a little bit of a different um, yeah. topic. And then, then availability, we said some areas will be more likely to have it than others. And then price, I think the cost issue disappearing a bit now because historically everyone's always said vegan is very expensive. If you go to a major chain supermarket now, there's always stuff on offer. I can get a pack of six vegan Linda McCartney sausages for £1.75. Yeah. If you compare that to a normal pack of sausages from a supermarket, it's not bad. And if you look at them in terms of a health point of view, a Linda McCartney sausage is probably the equivalent to a lean sausage from a butcher. Yeah. Because the fat in them is so low, or in terms of saturated anyway, because it's naturally plant-based, um, that the price difference is probably not huge. You've got to be more smart of it. Um, and if I just quickly wrap up, Tom, anecdotally, you can obviously jump in with your sort of stuff, is that as of any diet, it's got to be balanced. These these meat substitutes are a really good way of replacing meals you were used to having. So if you're someone who always had sausage and mash or you had chicken pasta, it's now very easy to change them. All I'd say is, as of any diet, make it balanced. Yeah. Don't, don't have every meal as a meat replacement. Maybe try and get some legumes in there. Get some, get, get, get some, you know, have some chickpeas and have lentils with that meal. Um, yeah. Maybe have a bit of tofu in there because tofu is obviously just from a soybean, essentially, so there's not much going on with that. So just mix it up a little bit as opposed to just constantly having meat replacements. It can be variety, basically. Um, the only thing I'll kind of end on is that, um, I mean, in regards to when we look at things like sports performance, etc. obviously we had loads of shitty documentaries like Game Changers come out, etc. where, you know, the, 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 the whole idea was, oh, no, no, a plant-based diet is superior for performance. But then you've also got the opposite crowd which say that, oh, no, no, having um, a meat-free diet is actually suboptimal for performance when actually the truth is you can kind of, as long as protein is equated for in regards to like the, con- uh, the quality of the protein, the type of protein, you know, and you have like that high variety diet in a vegan diet, let's say, actually, uh, as the research kind of suggests is that it's, and once, oh, that's nothing. If you're having enough carbohydrates as well, actually the differences are kind of negligible. Okay, guys, we'll move on to the next piece of news, which is maximizing strength at home or in a rehab situation. We're not going to go into too much generalizing, maximizing your strength gains, but this, we're, we're honing in on at home and a rehab situation because what we've got here, we've got a paper that it basically dives into the practical applications in specialist situations. They actually mention a few, like military deployment. Yeah. So, for our military listeners, that this will be very relevant. At home, if you've got limited kit, or if you're recovering from an injury, how you can still maximize or maintain strength while you're recovering from an injury. So, we'll go through all these. Um, first up, we've got no load intervention. So, I mean, the obvious pill to this one, Tom, isn't it? There's no equipment. Body weight. Yeah, literally body weight. Uh, you don't have to expose the injured limb to, you know, what you'd call undue mechanical stress. So, obviously, you don't want to be doing a one RM back squat <laughs> if you've got to come back from a knee injury. Um, so this paper looks at three examples of this no-load intervention. You've got motor imagery, you've got uh, contralateral limb training, and a passive BFR, which is blood flow restriction. Yeah, now, <laughs> Motor imagery, this is pretty wild, but it's actually quite effective, isn't it, Tom, what I've seen? Do you know what? <laughs> Not that long ago, I've had a separate study on this where, so motor imagery is basically, there's no give, other way. Give us an example, you're on camera, mate, give us an example. Do a right, I'm going to fucking, I'm not going to do a back squat, I'm going to do a bench press, I'm not going to do a shoulder press, I'm going to do a seated shoulder a seated press. Shot, I'm just going to imagine shoulder. myself, uh, what, 200 kilos, 400 kilos? I mean, let's make it realistic. 350 kilos. Right, okay, go on then. 20. Uh, 20 kilos, right? So you just, you imagine yourself doing it. So, okay, I can just imagine I'm doing it. Cool. 
But what if I actually put no action to it? And I just imagine myself doing it. So watch this. No, I'm actually going to lift twenty kilos. Let's uh, speak in the middle. Let's let's say forty. I'm going to do forty kilos. I've just done a couple of reps in my head. I've done forty kilos of overhead press. Motor imagery is basically just imagining yourself doing yeah. it. Yeah. And it is I actually mean, a fair bit of evidence to show that it does actually have an effect. I mean, as mad as that sounds. You said imagine it. I would personally probably do it more of a... I know what it feels like to lift 40 kilos, so I'd probably sit there and give yeah. it more of a like... A, you know, because you're actually tensing the muscles. You're actually like really giving it some like, oh God, I'm going for it. Yeah. And then you come back down again as if I'm probably imagining I'm actually doing it. Um, and as Tom said, there is like evidence which shows it can... not. In, you won't be able to like obviously build huge amounts of strength, but it can potentially help maintain. Yeah. I think a lot of it is just do with like how... <sighs> I don't, I don't know what term to use for this, but where you kind of like, look, it's a, certain movements of a skill technique, right? And just having that motor imagery kind of like builds a pattern in your head of like, it's almost like if you was going to drive to a destination and you just close your eyes and you was picturing yourself going through the certain turns you've got to do, et cetera, and it will actually help you in your journey because you're, you're, you're coding it into your brain sort of. Um, the study I remember reading on it, it was, I think it was bench press, where in between sets, the person was just sitting there and just imagining, not even doing the movements like we was doing. They was just simply imagining themselves doing the bench press. And uh, like the people that imagined it had better strength gains. I'll have to pull that study up out of my arse somewhere. Yeah, I've, I think I've seen the same one. Yeah, it? it was pretty cool. I mean, really the key thing for that one is, is it, it might be good for clinicians to sort of use it potentially as a way to preserve strength almost. So if someone's got like an injured limb, they can you know sort of avoid exposing that limb to you know undue stress as we said by just having them imagine they're doing something instead yeah um, so obviously it's a quite a weird one but you know that's that's one option they looked at mm. and another one which is um, probably a bit more real- realistic for most um and this is for injured limbs so it's a uh, contralateral limb training so basically this what this means is, is that you train one side but it strengthens the other so essentially it's unilateral training of the uninjured limb so yeah. let's say i've got an injured right leg if i then start doing like one-legged squats or something like box squats with my left yeah. leg so I'm sitting I sit down onto a box just on my left leg and stand up again that is supposed to using the cross education effect there's um, a lot of cool research so, into that as well yeah, actually is, yeah. it's, it's quite weird isn't it it is weird because the thing is like when it is quite common that if someone injures a particular limb or a particular side that they will just not train that muscle group at all so like um, for example when I did my ankle in I didn't even do anything on my other leg. I just completely stopped training legs altogether. But actually, research shows that even if you was to... So, for example, if I had... If I broke my right leg, but I got on the leg extension and I started doing leg extensions with just my left leg only, you know, actually, those strength gains might actually transfer slightly over to or mitigate at least some loss to the yeah. right side. Um, it's really fucking weird, but it's really cool. Yeah, I think the point we're trying to make out is we're not we're not saying we're not making up miracles. You know, we're not getting all pseudo saying, "Oh, you can do all this and you'll get massive gains." You'll suddenly have like a PB on your right leg. It is this is more interventions for maintaining what strength yeah. you've got in specialist situations where you can't realistically carry on your strength cycle. Yeah. Okay, so I said military at home with no kit, well, obviously injured and stuff. So yeah, this is another one. Basically, so it's no longer all or nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And finally, we're going to look at BFR, so blood flow restriction. Um, yeah. This one's more relevant to those who can't move at all, really. So if you're like bed bound, essentially. Um, and the way you can think about it is, is when you get, it's like these weird little things that you get these like little devices. Straps, cuffs. Yeah, straps, yeah. yeah. And you're basically just restricting blood to an area. 
um, for for a time. I mean, if you want all the details on how to apply this, because quite a lot of it, this is very clinical, I'd say it's not something I'd say just like I won't get one of my clients to start strapping themselves up. There's a review actually by Patterson et al, and that kind of gives you practical recommendations and safety considerations, which is important for the use of it in various contexts. You need to have it a certain tightness, yeah, not too it, tight, and as I said, it's not in the context tight. as well, so that's important. So I'll link that down in the show notes. So if you want to have a look at that, if you are done, if you are bed bound or if you've injured both arms and legs um, and you need, and you need yeah. something to maintain a bit of strength, this might help. But I said, this is more of a clinical setting I wouldn't really get. Where you don't want to place a lot of stress on joints, so you technically need to use light weights. Yeah, you, you don't want to basically like tighten your arm up where you can't feel anything and then your arm goes numb on yeah. back and then your, <laughs> your arm falls off. And you just end up looking like a you know heroin addict on the floor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Your yeah, you, you definitely don't want that. We move on then to low load interventions. So this applies to limited weights. This is more if you're military deployment or if you're at home with limited kit. This has probably been more useful for COVID, to be honest. Um, yeah. this, so we're looking at things like resistance bands. People have got small, you know, the Argos dumbbells you get, <laughs> the little blue and pink ones. A rucksack filled with yeah. Heinz beans. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, still in a tin. Yeah, still in a tin. <laughs> Just empty, want to clarify. Empty tin. Yeah. Mm. Um, Instructions unclear. And this basically, you can, you can partially compensate for the lack of like you know adequate load so like heavier weight in the gym um, if you exercise with maximal mental effort using these lower weights so basically what that means is you've got low load but it's high effort yeah um so i'll give you an example i mean to be fair there's a lot of crossfit stuff which does that you could have like a super lightweight if you did like an amrap of like let's say you've got two 10 kilo dumbbells tom well, let's yeah. make it light let's make let's say two five kilo dumbbells and you want to do a shoulder workout if you did like an amrap of like strict press push press um some push-ups yeah. in there whatever you're actually going to get yourself to a high level of effort because you're just having minimal rest. Listen, if you take the volume to enough to go towards failure, yeah, exactly, as we've yeah. spoken about before, haven't mm. we? Like if you go to failure, you know, no matter the rep range, yeah. like um, it's, yeah, it's going to lead to some form of hypertrophy and some sort of specific strength depending on the range as well, uh, the rep range. But I mean, um, yeah, like, as you said, this was something definitely useful and became more prominent during COVID. Yeah. Where people were training with backpacks, resistance bands, and stuff like that. So as long as you are pushing yourself to effort, you're actually give you you actually are working hard. Yeah. You'll be okay. I think. And even then, aside from the resistance, what are you doing by doing these movements? We were talking about motor imagery a moment ago. You are practicing practicing motor patterns. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just with a lighter load. I mean, something I want to note that I've broken down actually is that lifting these light loads to a high level of effort does produce smaller strength gains than lifting heavier loads to a higher level. I mean, that's, yeah. that's obvious. You know, the, the, the obvious approach to getting stronger is to lift heavier weights progressively yeah. over time. But, but the said, whole point of this is yeah. uh, low-load interventions. Yeah, when you can't do it. So don't expect to, like, if you're at home and you've only got two five-kilo dumbbells, don't think you're going to suddenly get super strong just using yeah. them for weeks on end. You are still going to want to probably get to the gym. But if you're in a position where you can't do that, this is a good option to go for. Yeah. Um, and then we finish, Tom, on supplemental activities. So this one's a little bit different. This refers to kind of additional things you can do on top of your resistance exercises, on top of the other stuff we just spoke about or on top of the strength stuff you do in the gym, they put down biofeedback uh, and external stimulation. Um, I mean, if we look at external stimulation, that's the more easy one to explain. That would be like your... We spoke before, actually, you know, the electro electrostimulations we spoke about in the, one of the yeah. earlier episodes of the fitness. That would be things like that, where you're doing a bicep curl, but you've got this device on pulsating at the same time. I mean, that would be at the bottom of the hierarchy. We even, I think we even concluded on that episode that the, the evidence wasn't that great for it yeah. in terms of gains anyway. So this is said supplemental. When we talk about supplements in general, that's like the lowest, that's the priority should be at the bottom really. That's the thing you go to last. Yeah. So this will be like a last resort thing, I'd say. But I mean, what we do, we'll conclude essentially of what 
if we forget all these special circumstances, if we're looking at strength anyway, traditionally what you want to do is you want to do multiple set heavy resistance um, exercise. Yeah. It's pretty well established for improving strength because what it's going to do is going to require you to use maximal effort, which we spoke about earlier, which is important. Um, but that's also going to lead to forceful, concentric, eccentric muscle actions um, through a full range of motion, which yeah. is also quite important. Um, some people, you know, the Joels of the world don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's the that's the gold standard way of doing it. But if you're in a specialist situation, those points we just mentioned there um, can help out. And of course, look at the show notes. There is also a link to the full show notes in the podcast show notes, which will be like more of an article with it. And I'll have basically a breakdown of all these points. If you want to go back and have a little read, maybe you're on deployment or you're injured, you can yeah. have a quick scan through uh, and have a look at that. I mean, the main thing of this in regards to like a rehab setting is that whether it be no load or low load, or even like a load above that, is the fact that you are getting back to moving yeah. and you're getting back to moving in ways that are important to you. It's about more of like... Um, actively taking charge of things yourself then relying on like a passive treatment so when we look at things like chiropractors or we look at things like massage or you know some kind of manual manipulation you know you are or even talk about like electrical stimulation stuff actually the whole point is that you're taking charge you're building that self-efficacy you are whether it's a home body weight workout no load or it's a low load with some form of resistance band or light dumbbell the fact is is that you're moving and you're taking charge of it yourself yeah yeah I, I like that because I speak to loads of people about this whenever people in the gym I work at, they'll maybe get injured or people in general, clients and stuff, is that... How long should I rest it for? Yeah, and that's the first thing they go for. Oh, I don't really think, but we, we always should be trying should to Should I see that, someone to fix me? Yeah. When you should be more proactive and think, okay, what can I do activity-wise that will help me... Get back get, to get, get my back baseline. To yeah, exactly. Yeah. I always say to people, like, you want to... Say you've got a sore knee. Obviously, I'm not saying if you've, like, ripped your... Attendant or something, but like if you've um, if you've got like a niggle on your knee, okay. I always say to people, look, flirt with that pain barrier a little bit. Yeah, we, we want to be strengthening the knee, okay. Don't avoid squatting, for example. If you're like, oh, I'm scared of squatting, it might hurt a bit. Even if you kind of go down to a half rep, yeah, and it feel you get to that little tickler pain point, hold it there, go back up again, and you want to flirt that pain point. So you're strengthening. You're the area. finding like an entry point yeah. to what you can do. Yeah. Over time, you'll then be able to get a little bit more into it and you're strengthening yeah. the area and you're building a bit more of a, a tolerance, a bit more robustness, you could say, in the, in the area instead of avoiding it and just leaving it. And you might have better. to reduce the load of what you usually work with or even the ROM. So as you said, like doing like a little quarter squat or something like that, or you might have to actually, you know, chin that exercise off altogether for now temporarily and do something that's similar, like a leg press or something or a leg extension. But what matters is that you're, as I like the term you use there, you're flirting with it. Yeah, so I always Finding an entry point. Yeah, I always say that, flirt that pain point. Um, and when it gets too much just pull it back so don't, don't, be yeah. af- don't be afraid of pain is what I'd say like, keep, yeah. Goldilocks effect you're trying to find what's just right exactly. that's all okay guys we'll move on to the last piece of news because I think we've got time because we've not been booted out of the studio yet which not means, yet um, I think we've just been left to it so I've not heard it. gunshots yet Crack. I mean we've shut the curtain so we can't really <laughs> we can, they can see the curtain on your camera can't they yeah. this is like when they stormed the Kremlin we, we open up and it's just like an absolute chaos there's people yeah. running around screaming I mean to be fair I have put a fire extinguisher in front of the door why did you look? Why did I look? Because yeah. you expected it. Yeah, I expected it. Wow. Um, right. So we'll move on to this last <laughs> one then. This is actually quite an interesting one. So Luxury Gym sparks debate with campaign to ban new members starting New Year's Day. Now, I'm not going to mention the gym because my look at this is that it's all about publicity, right? Exactly. And yeah. I, I don't want to give them publicity. So I'm not going to name the gym. I mean, you can, you'll can you be able to fund it if you really want to. Um, and I'll read you what they posted. 
It's not a popular one, to be fair. I've never really heard of it, to be honest, before this um, this article. But the post they put out was, we don't speak January. We're not accepting new members today. It's not you, it's January. January is a fantasy delivered to your door in a pastel-coloured box. It talks about change. It needs a new outfit before it can begin. Shortcutting, giving up just a few weeks later. You are not a New Year's resolution. uh, resolution. Your life doesn't start at the beginning of the year, and that's not what about being part of this gym is about. We go beyond what's possible. We defy expectations. We are not moderation. We want it all every day and you deserve it all. Hope you feel powerful here, Tom. Um, we at, deserve it all, which is why you're not letting me join your fucking gym. I know, right. At this gym, we don't speak January and neither do you. We look forward to welcoming you to our XYZ community tomorrow. What are your thoughts on that, Tom? Um, the first thing that comes to my mind is absolute horseshit. Yeah, I don't get it at all. I mean, look, first of all, you've hit a nail on the head like it's just publicity, isn't it? It's looking for publicity. Um, it just creates an unnecessary barrier to exercise. And don't get me wrong, I do know that there's still this mindset and stigmatisation against people like New Year's resolutioners, etc. Um, I'm sure it sounds really cool and really edgy and really elitist to say, you know, oh, yeah, we're not about New Year's resolutions. New Year's resolutions is bullshit. Actually, like... I've shared evidence very recently to show that actually quite a fair few people have like approach-based behaviours in regards to their news resolutions can actually be successful with them like a one on a one-year follow-up. So like all you're doing by doing this, apart from creating that much-needed publicity because you're doing shit anyway, is um, you're just creating a barrier to exercise. Mm. And it's just and it stigmatises uh, New Year's resolutions as well. Okay, is it annoying when gyms get busy in January? Not this particular gym because it's shit. Anyway, no one trains there. I <laughs> uh, just want to keep stabbing the dagger in there. But I mean, um, yeah, like it's an, it, it can be frustrating because gyms get busy, but it is what it is. It is what it is. We can't be a nation in particular that says, oh, you know, obesity levels are on the rise. You know, I'm pissed off people aren't taking care of themselves. Oh, COVID. Look how many people put strain on the NHS because people weren't healthy. And it's like, but... January comes around, people might try and take an approach-based behaviour where they want to start coming to the gym, etc. And you've put a fucking freeze on memberships. And like that, it's not like you've just simply put a freeze on membership. You've actually come out and publicly shamed people when they come out into January, all guns blazing. Well, yes, yeah, load of shit, wankers. It's a shit gym anyway, as you said. Like, I've not really heard yeah. of it. So it's, it's literally just a publicity thing, I think, because they're not going to yeah. lose anything from a day. Um, it just seems a bit, it does seem very elitist. And I wouldn't say I really want to... Um... Yeah. Gym, to be honest, but um, yeah, I'd heard of it before this, by the way. And my understanding was that it was just another hype gym joining yeah. it for the sake of the name. But from what I've seen, it's just not impressive anyway. We're best off going to like a bread and butter basic commercial gym, bread and butter. I love all the little terms. You've got spit and sword, that's spit bread and, and sword, that's bread and butter. God, yeah, what else is there? Where else? What other names have got for basic gyms? Um, basic hammer and nail, pumpkin spice latte gym, hammer and nail. Yeah, fucking hell, that's a new one. That's very basic. I it's like well, it. It's good, it's pretty simple. It? Yeah. it is. What else you got? Anything else? Well, without burning too many bridges, I don't want to say, uh, I've got to be careful because a security camera is watching me. Is there? I don't want to say, oh, go to like a brew dog gym. Actually, a camera. Because yeah. of the complications oh, of this place. Yeah, there is. It's actually yeah. watching you, isn't it? They'd probably expect you to set up your own squat rack. <laughs> set up your own squat rack, yeah. <laughs> Here's your ratchet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Armed people are at the door now. Oh, no, right. Yeah, but I mean, that's. Um... That's all the major news this week, guys. We have absolutely rattled through that simply because we had no idea how long we yeah. had. I mean, it took us about four years to actually get set up. It took us an hour to find the bloody studio. Yeah. We're walking through Waterloo Station trying to find it. And I want like a spare five minutes for us to, you know, take whatever's not nailed down. Oh, God, yeah, but there's, we've got this basis, guys. Little, you can't really see. I mean, you, might, you can kind of see it on the footage, but there's a little door in the studio 
open. It's got like a lock on it, but it's actually open. It's just full of. Um, I, mean, I don't think I'd be able to fit a keg in here. There's, there's literally kegs of like Brewdog in there, yeah. So You've got your day sack, though. But that, it's not a day yeah. sack, is it? It's that is a day sack. This is my little diddy one. No, it, mine's a. This is my little slim line, and you've got that fucking yeah, beast. Cross it bag. It's a day sack. Not a day sack, is it? It's not. Did you no. hear a knock at the door? I think that was me dropping the bag. Oh, thank God. I thought that was them. They heard me talking about stealing shit. Yeah, they're kicking off like, get out of there, get out of Yeah, guys, we've. Um, I mean, we're in the studio. We're not really sure what we're going to do at this point now. Oh, oh, hang on. Did you enjoy the slide? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, guys, there's a slide in the studio, and we thought, you know what? We'll, we'll go. We basically said to the reception, she said, okay, where's the studio? She said, over there. I said, okay, downstairs. I said, can we use the slide? She said, it's actually quicker to get to the studio if you use the slide. Yeah. So we took a trip down the slide. What I want to find out, though, is it quicker to get back to the top floor by going up the slide or the stairs? I don't think that's possible, mate. That'd be quite difficult, I'll be honest. <laughs> Depends how many flights there are. Um, yeah, guys, if you're not following us on Instagram and you want to see that footage, there's going to be a few little clips of our little day out in um, Waterloo in the studio. Um, and also, I'm probably going to put the full video footage, I can somehow sandwich it, on Patreon as well. So if you're not on Patreon and you want to have a look at that, um, that'll be linked somewhere. I'm still curious as to how when I went down the slide, I went down normal but came out sideways. Yeah, you look okay. Yeah, people are probably thinking, what are these fucking idiots? There's yeah. a proper like serious business meeting as well next door, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah, there is. And, and they've got us here. Yeah, yeah. we're just there fucking around. Yeah, oh God. Um, my camera's about to die now. So probably just best to wrap it up here. Um, guys, um, you know, if you are big fans of the show um, and you have been enjoying the fitness news since we launched it a little while ago, you know, if you, if you want to do us a massive favour, because we are going to try and get some guests on, but we're at a point now where we want really big guests, essentially. So if you want to do us a favour, you know, just make sure you are giving us a follow on your apps, mm. um, leaving some, you know, some not kind words and reviews, stars, little uh, little review saying, you know, great job, guys. Why don't we um, get Prince Harry on? He's always looking for work at the Prince moment. Harry, yeah, but um, all of that will help. So if you want to do us a favour, we'd really, really appreciate it. But um, yeah, it's been a pleasure as always. And we will see you next week. Look at the camera, Tom. We will see you next week, same time, same place, for a brand new episode. My camera just died. Good. <laughs> right, let's take our shit. Let's go. <laughs> what have you got a plant pot? <laughs> oh, God, right.